he has a fancy Wi-Fi charger. It talks to you, tells oh. you what to do and stuff. This is the RC Roundtable, a casual discussion about all aspects of flying model airplanes. Well, hello everybody, welcome to the RC Roundtable. Yes, we are the Knights of the Roundtable. I need oh, my yeah. coconuts. <laughs> as long as they're just a model. <laughs> well, joining me as usual is Lee Ray and his coconuts. Good morning. And Terry Dunn, who has lots of models. Good morning. Hey, I missed you guys. Yeah, another yeah. session without well, you last right. time. <laughs> yes, you had the, the on-location episode at best. Sounds like you guys had a good time. We we mentioned your name every now and then, so. Oh, I didn't feel left out. Usually after some sort of uh, event of pain. <laughs> you uh, uttered my name in vain. Yeah. Yes. Cut yeah. my finger. Damn, Terry. <laughs> I'm glad I could help. <laughs> Terry was when we were pain, and Lee was when we were late. <laughs> Are you typically a late guy, Lee? No, but boy, Kirk was – I don't know where he got that joke from. I guess – I, you know what? I, it started because we were about to do the uh, Zaggy combat, and I had just gotten off the flight line from flying, and I told him I needed to charge a battery. Could he give me like 10 more minutes? Because we were kind of early, and then he immediately just took hold of that and ran with it for the rest of the weekend. Oh, <laughs> we're God. waiting for Lee. Like I was standing right next to him at one point, and he was like, we're still waiting for Lee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did you say something to him or something? Or <laughs> No, just because I asked him out of, please, can I charge my battery so I can do combat? Oh, okay, okay. I thought you called his baby ugly or something. No, just... no, we just, I just have that face. <laughs> Abuse, yeah. usually. Yeah. Maybe he was really upset about that twin cub. <laughs> he punished you every way he could. He did keep saying that. That is so wrong. <laughs> well, speaking of twins and new faces... UMX has released a Aero Commander Micro, uh, and uh, I have to say I, I was really excited to see this for some reason. Uh, despite not being a big UMX person, when this showed up, I I had to have one. It was. Did you already order pre-order? Uh, I didn't pre-order, but I went down to the hobby store and says, "When you get some in, put my name on one." Gotcha. And he said, "Yes, sir." <laughs> so I think I'm in the same boat as you. I like UMX planes, but I don't particularly salivate over them. Mm. But when I saw this one, I'm like, oh yeah, that'll be one I have. Yeah, it's. Uh, I've always been a Aero Commander fan, uh, regardless of Bob Hoover's shenanigans in it. It's such a nice looking plane, uh, and they even have their nice paint scheme that I really like on it too. Uh, I was going to theorize about that because I, I wasn't sure what really. Um, connected me with the Aero Commander, but the only thing I could figure was seeing Bob Hoover fly one as a kid several times, but you don't think that has anything to do with your... It probably does. It probably, he was the one that made me aware of the aircraft, uh, mm -hmm. but it, it, it is, for some reason, I've always liked it. I thought it was a, kind of just a neat looking 
civilian aircraft. I always like twins. I'm a big t- fan of twins. And for some reason, Air Commander, I just thought it looked really snazzy. Uh, it's kind of low slug fuselage on the gear. Yeah, that and, belly practically scrapes the ground. Yeah, it's really low. Um, and, and in fact, over the years, I've had three of them that I've flown, and I have even a couple more in kit form I need to build. Uh, years ago, uh, I RCM, the old late great RCM magazine, had plans for one. And this one was neat because he used two 049s, uh, slab sheet fuselage, and a pair, no, two pairs of Ace Foam wings. And it was, it. I bought the plans. It turned out to be actually a pretty easy build. And if you can indulge me in a story real quick, uh, the first one I built, I decided, ah, the heck with two 049s, that they're a lot of trouble. I'm going to use two OS 10s in the thing. <laughs> and double the displacement double the displacement and not only that I'm going to integrate flaps into it I didn't do rejects but I put some flaps in it and so I, I spent a lot of time building this thing and it ended up looking actually really pretty nice and it, I was able to cram the two OS 10s in it and at, at the time I was living in South Carolina so we had a, just a rough grass field to fly off of and the thing would not roll on the grass I couldn't do a ROG takeoff on it it just was the grass was too deep, the wheels were too small. So I said, okay, well, I'll have my friend hand launch it. And so uh, my friend proceeds to do like he usually does and javelin launch the airplanes like he's in the Olympics. As soon as he let go, one of the engines quit. <laughs> <laughs> and it did the fastest, quickest snap roll I had ever seen at that point. And, uh, and I ended up crashing it into the ground. And uh, it didn't total it, but it did damage it pretty well. Uh, and I ended up rebuilding it, and after I rebuilt it, I decided, okay, I'm going to go to another field that I knew has a much smoother grass, dirt field, uh, and then a couple towns over. So I went out there and cranked it back up, and this would be basically the maiden flight of it. And it took off, and it flew, took off pretty good, it flew, I was real happy, I said, hey, this thing is pretty nice. And I flew around for a couple minutes, and then the wing folded. <laughs> It was cursed from the beginning. It was cursed, and that was the end of it. Uh, so the next one I built, actually using two 049s. And I that one actually flew pretty good. I actually ended up flying the heck out of it. I flew it a lot. I never really had any incidents with it. Uh, uh, in fact, I had it back when we were at Riddle. I flew it there. And the fun well, thing... was two 049s, aren't you pretty much guaranteed a single-engine situation on every flight? Yes, and I had a single-engine incident on every flight. But okay. believe it or not, it was actually pretty mild on one engine, and it turned out to be a great single-engine trainer for uh, flying on one engine. It On two engines, it climbed great, but on one engine, it could barely stay in the air. But it, once you're up and flying, it didn't do anything too drastic, as long as I had a working rudder, so... Um, throw in some rudder trim and kind of hang on until the engine quit. And after a while, I got good enough that I could land it on one engine. Uh, so it actually... With uh, no throttle control. With no throttle control. These are two Cox 049s, balls to the wall, no throttle. They were loud as heck. To think. <laughs> <laughs> it would be interesting, probably not back then, but now you could have a three-position switch and... In the middle, when both engines are running, flip it one way when you lose one engine, the other way. Damn you, you Terry. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I then I step say, on you. Does, does this thing have a mix where you can do that? Because then you could be Bob Hoover. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can do a low pass with one engine. Right, your 16-point roll. 
Okay, well, someone's got to do that. Someone's got to learn to program these brushless motors, which, by the way, they're brushless, not yeah, yeah. not brushed, but be able to uh, switch it so you can do some of those fancy maneuvers. Now, someone's going to do it. Oh, oh yeah, you got to. You got to put a miniature glass of iced tea in the, on the desk. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Upside down. Yeah. <laughs> Having them pour in the glass. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, now one last thing. Um, speaking of that, I actually kind of did that with my third one. Uh, after I, I kind of wore out the first one, the wing just started flexing too much, and so I, I retired it. And I built another one, I lightened it up a bit, and used two Speed 400 electric motors. And this turned out to be one of the first uh, electric plane, electric twin, actually, the first electric twin I ever had. And it, flew, it also flew really well around cells. I think I used like seven or eight cell round cells in the thing, Speed 400s. And it flew pretty good. People were really surprised how well it flew. And eventually I, did, I didn't shut one motor off, but I did have it the motors on the rudder mixed so i could uh mix the rudder and motors and so could do really really neat pinwheels and kind of really quick stall turns at zero speed and that kind of stuff so uh, it was one of the first planes i did that kind of mixing with and it turned out to be a lot of fun and i actually still have that plane but again the wing i underbuilt the wing i didn't sheet it all away and it started getting really flippy floppy so i don't fly it anymore uh, but just to show my love affair with the plane i i've gone through through many years of having one and so i'm really excited to see this little guy yeah i think that's going to be a lot of fun yeah. now back to the new product <laughs> sorry we've gone down what the lane. all right how do we get here over. where am i well we can sense the passion so obviously we are surprised you actually didn't order it that you just kind of put your name on it but it does sound like something you want to get back into and i you know it is a neat looking airplane well, well you don't sound as excited as we are lee what's your problem I, I've got a twin. <laughs> you have several. I've been so. enjoying my twin for a while. <laughs> no, it's neat. But I, you guys are more passionate, so you always continue. Okay. Can you indulge my story now? Yes. Oh, please do. Can we have some yes. music? Fitz, Fitz, can you put some little, you know, little memory music back there? <laughs> some harp music. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, mine's not a personal experience, but um, I think in the history of the Air Commander... Um, when they were trying to get it certified, the guys who built it, I think it was in Wichita, they did a cross country from Wichita to Washington, D.C. to show it to the FAA guys. But to be ultra impressive, before they took off, they removed one of the propellers and put it in the cabin. And then they took off, did their cross country, and landed on one engine. <laughs> so I guess that was a good example of the single engine stability of the design. Anyway, I always thought that was a neat uh, little anecdote. Yeah, a neat little hat trick. Yeah. What would have been even cooler is if they took one side of the landing gear off and then landed it on. <laughs> 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 That's really impressed the heck out of them. We can land on two wheels. And then take the opposite wing off and fly it across country. How are you talking? Well, I thought. Right, so uh, let's go back to the plane. Okay, sorry. You don't want to feel the uh, commander love? Well, I, I thought we'd talk about the new product. <laughs> well, I want to ask about the um, paint job on there. Is that just a, I don't know, a random civilian scheme? Or does it have some history to it? I don't know. Um, it's actually a lot like I painted my very first one I built uh, that I saw a picture in a book. So I think it's just a generic scheme, maybe from the factory or something. I don't know any, any history behind it. Okay. I think Bob Hoover's latest one is now in the Smithsonian yeah. out of Dulles. And that was green and white, I believe. I'd have to look again. Yeah, but, I saw yeah. a picture of that. To be honest, I didn't really like it. 
Oh, well, whatever. Well, but the ones... Okay, Bob didn't call you and ask? No, he didn't. Oh. The ones I see online are either blue and white or green and white. I have not seen a red and white that's that's related to Bob Hoover. So. Now, his has a bunch of signatures or something all over it, didn't it? Well, sponsorship type oh, stuff, right? Okay. Stickers, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Now, I thought you... I know we're diverting again, but I thought you test flew a mutual friend of ours that built one from a, a kit so, a few years ago. Yeah. Well, I reviewed a kit. Um, several years ago, the top-notch models Aero Commander, and the first flight did not go well. <laughs> it, it was a, a spin into the ground, which turned out to be my fault because I incorrectly measured the CG. Um, then it was rebuilt and flown successfully after that, and then our friend, I think, got gun-shy, and it has been hanging from his ceiling ever since. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also have the same kit, the top-notch model one, up in uh, storage. So one of these years, I'll get around to building it. Yeah, it makes a very nice, very accurate-looking Aero Commander, yeah. but there are a lot of parts. Yeah, yeah. It's, it looks pretty complicated. I think it's Plank's siding, too, or something on the thing. Yeah, I think a lot of the nose is carved balsa. Mm. But, but again, the end product is very nice. Just yeah, know, don't be in a hurry. All right. Okay. Well, back to the UMX. Hey, guess what, Lee? AS3X. Yes, AS3X. Yes. I'm okay with AS3X. <laughs> I'm I'm okay with the stabilization. That's fine. Because uh, uh, as I said, it, it it works well. I I'm gonna jump to another thing though. It's like uh, it, you know, it's a small model, and all the pictures I'm looking at have the gear removed, which I think most of us are gonna fly without it. But I don't see that it has a protection skid on the bottom, and that's something you know maybe we can talk to Keith about. Skid Schmidt. It's five ounces. Yeah. What are you protecting it's, it's it from? Tiny. It's foam, too. What do you... And then you ask why I don't want to talk about this plane. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to go back to my corner and drink my drink. Now, now, on that end, it's actually, it makes a very good hand launch model because you got a nice big fat fuselage to hold on to. It's high wing. Uh, right. And you got a, the fuselage is a nice belly skid, too, when you land it. Uh, well, I'm looking, and it appears to have enough clearance that you could maybe ROG from the belly. Oh, that's a good point. Ooh. Well, good. Go ahead and do that without a protective skid and just scrape up your brand new UMX Aero Commander. I might, and I'll send you pictures. Yeah, <laughs> show me the battle scars. Well, it won't be long before I'm blanketed in snow up here, so I wonder if that would be a, a decent snow airplane. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that could be fun, taking off of snow, ROS. <laughs> right. Not that I know anything about flying in snow, but... You yeah. will learn. You will learn. <laughs> right? Whether I want to or not. So, Terry, do you know anybody at uh, E-Flight that you know can send three little planes to do another three view? Oh, yeah. Three oh, yeah. View. Let me snap my fingers. <laughs> and I'll show up on your doorstep. Well, I hope I, I'm hoping one breath. of you <laughs> comes up with a way to see if you can actually mix those motors. I would be. And do they counter rotate? I didn't mix them. No, they're uh, both standard rotation. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You're talking differential thrust. Uh, no, they actually, well, that or just to be able to switch one motor off so you can oh. you know, pull a Bob Hoover. Right, okay. Yeah, that yeah. would be cool. That would be. The Bob Hoover mix. Yeah, if I get one, <laughs> and I'm planning to, that'll be on my short list. I mean, yeah, yes, you can just nice. pull the prop off one side, but that's not the same. We need to actually <laughs> well, make it so. I have a pyrotechnic charge that goes to <laughs> pull the prop off. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Watch this! Bam! There you go. Well, you yeah. know, I'm saying this, but I'm I'm gonna guess because of most 
I'll, I'm not going to say most, many folks who see the Arrow Commander think about Bob Hoover and those famous videos. You can't but, not. Yeah, right? <laughs> they're, they're inextricably tied. But we're, we're hoping our podcast reaches out for those young lads who have never heard of Bob Hoover and don't know who he is and are currently typing in Bob Hoover in Google to, <laughs> to watch the videos. As they should. As they should, yes, because he was a, a awesome pilot. But I bet there are going to be people who are – who are thinking this already before we even had to mention it, going, how can I turn off one of those motors? <laughs> can I switch that? So that'd be neat. And one last thing. If you haven't read his book, I highly recommend it. I can't remember if I did. Let's put a link in the, uh, the release. Read it again. Yeah. I don't remember, so I need to read it again if I did. He yeah. was awesome. Yeah, because he fought World War II. I think it was shot down and captured. Yep. And escaped. And this guy all kinds of good stories, so... Um, hey Terry, could you just do an audio book for us? I will. I'll do a reading of the the book. Thank you. Yeah. And then we can we can sell copies <laughs> <laughs> and pay for a UX Commander Hero Commander. <laughs> right. Did right. Did you see that they say with a two S eight hundred milliamp hour battery you can do up to twenty minutes flight with the thing? Um, yeah, that sounds about right because the other single engine UMX planes that use, if not the same, but a very similar motor, use 200 milliamp hour batteries. Oh, so, really? Double the motor, quadruple the battery. Yeah. And, uh, okay, I'm going to ask my stupidity here, but the thing has about a 28 inch wingspan. Is that about right for a UMX or is that on a large side? That's on the large side. I think most of them that I have are around 20 inches. For a single engine. I've never had a UMX twin brushless. Thinking how big is the uh, B-25? The B-25 wasn't brushless? No, it's brushed. Oh, okay. I could remember. Ah. So this may be their first brushless twin. A-10. Do you count that? The A-10? Uh, yeah. Prop. Prop job. Well, okay. Okay. Prop. Yeah, yeah I guess you can, if you saw the video, the thing has no shortage of power. The thing just oh, no. goes vertical. What's the Mosquito brushless? Mm, I don't know. Yeah, me neither. I never had one of those. I never had one, too. I, I had the bigger one, but not the little one. That's the one you blew up with a four-cell high-voltage battery. <laughs> Am I remembering that story correctly? Uh, I didn't blow it up. They, they, they shut down from overheating. Wow. So, so it my was, version sounds a little more spectacular. <laughs> now I had another mosquito that blew up, but that was not the. <laughs> anyway, <No. laughs> all right, enough of that one. Well, I guess we'll, we'll look for it when it comes out. We'll take a look at it then. Yeah, um, let's let's cover that real quick. It's due out in early November, and bind and flies are 150 bucks. So yeah. there you have it. There you go. I'll take two. <laughs> so I saw an advertisement or an announcement, I should say, this week that there's a new 10 scale monster truck coming out. And what interested me is the battery system that they use on here. It's kind of an average, by the way, this is the Arma Granite Voltage, a two wheel drive monster truck. It doesn't use regular six cell NICAD or two cell LiPo batteries. It uses individual lithium ion batteries. It requires two, but you can put up to two more sets of two in parallel. And I have never, ever seen or heard of that before. Yeah, I, I've been trying to pour over the description, and it's a little confusing. 
but uh, I'll have to disagree with you. It looks like you actually can use a six L NICAD. Oh, right. Yeah, and it's. Yes, you're right. You can, but the default method is the lithium ion. Yeah, it's got this really odd hybrid battery power system where you could parallel, I guess, three different types of batteries in this thing. Um, or, I don't know if you can parallel three. The way I understand it, the minimum is two of these lithium ion cells, the 18650 size cells. Mm. And that's uh, 1,500 milliamp hours and, what, 7 point something volts? Yeah, 7.2, I think. 7.2, yeah. Um, you can add already, you know, there's provision to put two more sets of those in there. So then you would get 4,500 milliamp hours and more amperage capacity. And if I'm reading the description correctly, you can also put in parallel either a six-cell hydride or a two-cell lipo. And how they would deal with the varying voltage, I'm not sure. I'm not buying it. I think it is either you use the lithium-ion tray and you have two, four, six batteries, or you take out the lithium-ion tray and you use a six-cell nickel metal hydride or a 2S lipo pack. That yeah, would make more sense. That, I don't yeah, think you of... mix. I think it's you can start with two and you can keep adding light lithium ions or that tray because you can see if you look at the photo, it's it's a slotted tray. I think that oh, slides okay. out and then you slide in your lipo or your nickel metal hydride. Now I get it. Yeah, you're probably right, Lee. Thanks for setting us straight. All right, that makes more sense. So it sounds like it has a modular battery tray system for three different types of technologies. Bingo. Yes. Yeah. Probably yeah. all Deans at the end. <laughs> well, yeah, sure. Yeah, Deans is okay. Or star plug, whatever. Yeah. That's fine. So, but to me, the interesting thing is these new uh, generation of 18650 cells, which I always thought of them as like 5 amps max. But when I started looking into it, the latest ones are good for 20 amps plus. Really? Wow. Yeah. And when you research this stuff, it all goes to the vaping websites. So these guys who are vaping are using these high – oh, yeah, it's like – they're talking about the coils they use and the impedance of those and how they get the – yeah, it's very high-tech. And I had zero idea. Yeah, I just want them in my drill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that, I'm sure that's a crossover. Oh, yeah, but that's, I, mean, I don't think my lithium ions even do that right now. Well, oh, from yeah. my, well, my they, drill, I'd like to, I'd like to super – what, what was it, Tim, the tool man? <laughs> oh, <laughs> more Superpowers drill? More power. power. Yeah. Now, now, also, the 18650s are using a Tesla vehicles. Yeah. So, so I guess maybe that's pushing them to higher discharge. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> now we've got these kids, these renegade kids who want to upgrade their, their little Arma cars, so they're ripping off batteries out of Tesla cars. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tesla car instead of, like instead of taking the wheels off and putting the car on chocks, you steal the batteries. Steal the battery packs, leave the rest of the car. Darn it. I'm missing four more cells. Charlie, get down here. I need my batteries for my car. <laughs> How many of those cells are in a Tesla? A lot. I think tens of One thousands. One million. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I call them mini Tesla. So anyway, I just thought that was a, a neat thing, and I'm interested to try it out. Because yeah, part of me says, eh, what kind of resistance do you get with just the friction fit um, battery in that holder? And are those cells really as good as they say, or is it marketing hype? Hmm. So, but you could really compare run times with three different battery packs, and also a power how much the power difference it feels as well. So, oh yeah, I think there's scientific ways to, to actually see what's going on. I mean, the real quantitative thing is is it still fun? Hmm. And does it is it still practical? 
Here's a question for you. Do you think we'll see this type of technology in aircraft? Well, that was what I was going to follow up with you guys about. I have, you know, these new cells have been off the radar for me, but when I think about it, I'm like, hmm, what airplanes could I use these new cells with? And there's got to be stuff out there. I mean, I've, I've known people to, to dismantle their drills to take lithium-ion batteries out, but... Guilty. <laughs> were you using those to powder, power a motor, or were you using those as receiver batteries? Oh, you mean taking apart a drill to... Well, no, I've taken apart old drill battery packs that had A123 cells. Yes. That's Some of which are 18650 size, um, most of which were the bigger. Um, but yeah, I've used them to f as the main power packs for airplanes. And I'm but sure those A123s have always been high discharge, so that was never an issue. Right. But I just wanted to know, I haven't seen one where you're taking individual cells into a, uh, a tray of some sort. So you could just pop them out real quick and, you know, just... You slide your, your tray back into your aircraft. Do you think that's something that we might be seeing? If we oh, were? I don't know. See, I have kind of a fundamental distrust of that friction fit. Agree. On high amperage stuff. So I, on a car, big deal. If it fails, you know, nothing's going to happen. But on an airplane, yee, bad stuff could happen. Any idea what these 18650 batteries cost? Yes, sort of. I looked up a few examples on Amazon and they're really not expensive at all. As if I can believe that the ones they had on there were genuine articles and not clones or you know subpar ripoffs, uh, they can be had for as little as like five bucks a piece for the high discharge models. Hmm. When you buy a quantity of four or something, I want to say that I looked at some uh, Panasonics and it was like twenty-two bucks for a four-pack. So. Really reasonable. And those are actually higher capacity, too. 2,000-something mm. milliamp hour. 2,000? Right. Yeah. So you could build uh, basically a, th a three-cell, equivalent to roughly a three-cell lithium pack for 15 bucks, uh, 2,000 milliamp hour. Yeah, or you can buy one for seven. Yeah. But a lipo. Now, you have to say that these cells... Oh, a couple things just jumped in my mind. One, A, I know these cells are very, very durable. Uh, they're much more durable than typical lip, lipo battery as far as uh, puncture. Physically, oh, okay. yeah, physically more durable. They're in a hard case. And I think also they're more resilient to overcharging because you can't balance charge these things if you got a big pack. If, if you, um, I don't know the answer to that. The A123s were very tough, electrically speaking. But I have no idea about these new lithium ions. And that's another thing, charging these cells. It looks like they have a charger that does two at a time. Are you talking with the truck? Or? Yeah, with the truck, yeah. They're charging the, oh. the, eight, the little the round cells, 18650s. Um, maybe. Charging that, oh, yeah, now I see it. And yeah. that seems to be the standard charger that the vaping guys are using, too. Okay. But I figured I would build some kind of rig to, to charge them on my... RC charger. Yeah, my question is, can you? You probably can, but can you set up a rig to fast charge them at 50 amps? Well, not, <laughs> yeah, baby. Oh, no, but like maybe two or three C, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Well, we'll leave it to you to figure out. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but I will say, I've got one coming, and I will keep you updated on my testing with it. Uh, okay. Cool. 
I don't think they're available for another month or so, but I'll let you know. Okie dokie. All right, on that note, uh, I think we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. So an email came uh, into my inbox the other day about a an update uh, on is it Reichert <laughs> Reichert versus the FAA. Uh, supposedly there's a lawsuit against the FAA where this uh, guy is it's an it's a uh, class action uh, demanding that the FAA reimburse everybody's five dollar registration fee, destroy all records illegally collected, and remove any reference to each proposed member's registration and Pay all costs and attorney fees. <laughs> Burn it with fire. <laughs> <laughs> and not that I'm saying this person is not wrong in any way. I mean, it's, you, you kind of want to get back at the FAA for doing what they did, but I just wondered if you guys think this is a case that could be won. Um, uh, sure. I think just like the, the Taylor case, when you look at it, you're like, yep, they're wrong again. But I think the question is how much pain can they inflict by dragging it out? And is it worth it? Yeah, I kind of see that too. But I think what the FAA did was uh, uh, a slap in the face demanding that people write in and say that they need their $5 back because they're going to promise to do yada yada. You know, it seemed like a it, it seemed like they shouldn't have had the opportunity to even demand that when the whole thing was uh, illegal in the first place. So I, I kind of wondered. I mean, I think if a judge heard this and said, "Hey, wait a minute, you 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 lost your case against Taylor, you did something you shouldn't have done, but now you're still doing something you legally shouldn't be able to do." So I mean, I think they, I think he'd win. I just think you're right. It'd probably be drugged out for so long that it would just cost him thousands of dollars. At least. Well, I read an article the other day by um, a journalist who had registered. And he went and applied to get his refund, and he was going through all the the steps that the FAA makes you go through, and it was kind of ridiculous. And it's funny because you could pay with credit card or some electronic thing that was instant, but the FAA sends you – I think they send you a hard copy check, but you have to hand fill out a, a form and snail mail it to them, and they send you a snail mailed – acknowledgement of that form and then they review it and it's a whole crazy process to get your five dollars back so i wonder if they're really just trying to discourage anybody from sounds like it. five dollars plus it sounds like they're they're spending five hundred dollars to give you a five dollar refund right i don't have a problem with the case i think it's it's very legitimate i just i i kind of wonder if i talked to this person you know had a little interview and said do, do you honestly think that the FA would allow your case to continue without delaying and stalling it until they can coerce the government into changing Rule three three, you know three three six again. And then you know I think he is completely right in his case, but unfortunately you know I'm sure <laughs> Fubar, it's just not going to happen. I mean I just can't imagine the FA would just give up. Yeah, I'm surprised. I didn't at all expect that this is the stance you were going to take on this. I thought you were going to be rattling your sword and waving your flag and your 
screw the FAA t-shirt. No, because I think John... <laughs> I think John Taylor's case is what we needed to protect us, but I just thought, you know, I think a judge, I th- if we could only get the same judges that listen to John Taylor, I think the judges would clearly let this case win in victory, but I, I just kind of wonder how long it would be dragged out, and does this guy have enough time and money to keep pursuing it? I, I'm not saying I disagree with him. I, was, I do support this, but come on, I mean, show of hands here, or show of comment, since I can't see your hands, uh, you know, do you think that this case would ever get to trial? Well, I, I don't know. I don't uh, know enough about yeah. the, the legal process. Yeah, I don't think and, we're qualified to answer that. That's <laughs> well, your think, opinion. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people would have said the same thing about the Taylor case. Like, you know, they're just going to nickel and dime him forever till he gives up. But look how that turned out. Mm. Well, I don't think you, you you know me. I never let down. If you asked me the same question about John Taylor's case, I wouldn't have hesitated. I well, yeah, the, I think there's a fundamental difference in the significance of the decision where that was kind of the legitimacy of the registration, where this is eh, the $5. I agree, there's a huge principle of the matter at stake, but ultimately it's it's about the $5. Now, now who is this right shirt person? Is this um, an individual, or, or do you know any, any background about this? Um, I don't. I just believe it's an individual. Okay. Cause. And if I'm wrong, I would appreciate anybody. You know, I'm I'm just reading the email that I got. I didn't see anything specific to it. It says there's got to be Michael, threats out there. Right? Michael Reichert. Yeah. You know, and I haven't. <laughs> we were joking about this, and the fact I think Terry jokes to me more is like, Lee, you need to stay away from the drone threads on RC groups because <laughs> they, and and my blood pressure has actually been pretty good, you know, since the case, and I've kind of walked away for a while. So I'm afraid I'd get dragged back into this debate, and I'll look into it. But I was curious if any of our listeners had had read anything, or if they happen to know this case in more detail. Uh, I, and I'm reading it; it's it's excellent. I mean, it's it's really nice, and I'm sure you know they probably had help from uh, Rupert. You know, to I'm I'm, I'm assuming so. I mean, it's, it seems like the same kind of material that John Taylor had uh, for his defense. Now and, you found out about this from the email list on Rupert Law. Exactly from John okay. Rupert. Yeah. yeah. And that's a that's a great uh, email to be a part of. It just kind of keeps you up to date. So, I, I wish this gentleman luck. Uh, I would love to support it more. I and of course it's going to be just swept under the rug in in the news right now because uh, it's you know this issue is not as popular as it used to be. But I do think we do we need to stay diligent and paying attention on what the FAA is uh, uh, doing in Congress and trying to adjust the Reauthorization Act again. Well, here's a question for you. It's a class action suit, right? And I would think that, well, not you, Lee, because you never registered, but ding, ding. anybody who registered should be like able to to get involved with that, right? If it's class yeah, action. Yeah, because it's not just for this gentleman. It's he's claiming all. Is there a, a time frame there that you have to act? Yeah, I'll, oh, I I don't know. I'll sign your petition. <laughs> there you go. Uh, okay, I'll have to look into this and see. Okay. Maybe well, it's too late now that it's already in court. But. We'll put the link up there, and if I see any more uh, links, either on RC Groups or other websites, I will add them to our podcast. Okay. And by the way, this Rupert Law thing, I always get good information out of that. I'm happy I joined that list. Yeah, so we'll add his, add his link. Yeah, I'm sure we've had it before, but I'll put it up there again. And Fitz, if you need any further convincing, Jonathan Rupert is an Embry Riddle alumni. Oh, and he does yep. law. Interesting. Yep. He's also an instructor and other stuff. 
Oh, fascinating. Oh, yeah, cool. I didn't know that. We're everywhere. Under every rock. <laughs> well, speaking of the FAA, Lee, you've got a busy weekend coming up. <laughs> That's a terrible segue. <laughs> oh, come on. Speaking of terrible. Those, speaking those... of pickled pig's <laughs> feet, how oh, about yeah, the Mastros? <laughs> All right. Well, how would you segue it? How about uh, you do it, Terry? And we'll just keep that because that's perfect. I love it. All right. All right. I got it. So what are you guys doing this weekend? Well, I don't know what Fitz is doing. He's doing, well, his, his is Maker Faire. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. You should mention that, Fitz. Maker Faire? I, I, think, he, I think he will be. Yeah. You yeah. should do Maker Faire after this. So, well, Wings Over Houston is this weekend. It's an event I attend a lot, and I know I've mentioned it in many podcasts and posted many of photos on my Facebook page. However, uh, sadly, the weather is not looking good this weekend. Uh, it's been raining here this morning. We've got 50% chance of rain today and tomorrow. And Sunday actually looks like a complete washout with 100% chance of rain in the morning. But I am still planning to go. I have been uh, blessed with VIP tickets from a friend who I'm working with to help do some photographs for a friend of his out there, hoping that we can get on the uh, tarmac to... Uh, photograph some warbirds. This is and a full-scale air show. This is a full-scale air show at Ellington. I keep saying Air Force Base, but I apologize. Ellington Airport. I always called it field. Is, is it airport now? It's airport, yeah. Oh. But It'll always it, be field to me. It'll always be Transco Tower, too. <laughs> <laughs> I never call it Williams Tower, but anyway. So uh, Ellington is great. Uh, you know, Fitz and I just came back from uh, seeing the Lone Star Flight Museum, which is a great addition to Ellington. Insert last part, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Aerodrome. <laughs> spectacle. <laughs> uh, and sadly for Lee, I have gone through every list of aircraft attending, and guess what's not on the list? No P-38s? No P-38s again. Has there ever been a P-38 there? <laughs> I have said this story. Yes, in 1944. <laughs> <laughs> uh, during the development. Uh, well, no, I've, I've seen Glacier Girl. I've seen Putt-Putt Maru. Oh, was, at Ellington? At Ellington. It was back when... Austin was three years old, and we were on the flight line, and Glacier Girl was about to take off, and then that little kid said, I got to go potty. <laughs> and walk away. Eh, gosh. Anyway, enough of that. Those are tears. You didn't give him a belt to bite onto? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See the tech over there? There you go. Gosh. I hope other parents have stories like that, because those... I, I know I will remember that for the rest of my life. Uh, <laughs> this is good. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I now this is a. I kind of alternate uh, like every other year. Sometimes I I don't get to go. I I, I usually go every year. Um, so like three years ago, I get. I don't think I got a chance to go. But the last two years, I did um, the photo pit pass. Which is wonderful. If you're a semi-professional photographer, you're not with the media, there's a great area you can pay to go into and set up your camera gear. They give you lunch and a restroom. <laughs> you have to. Uh, you don't bring toddlers in there. It's uh, it's great. I highly recommend the Photo Pit Pass. It usually sells out pretty darn quick, so I, I register early in May. But I'm bringing the family this year. And again, my friend got us some uh, VIP passes, so I will be hanging out with some fellows in a, in a hangar that's right there on the uh, flight line. 
And it's good. It's a great. It's and I mentioned this when I came back from Oshkosh that you know it's it's a different type of air show. I mean, Oshkosh is a lot of walking, a lot of aircraft per, uh, excuse me, private pilots and stuff. This is a you know a lot of static displays uh, that you're walking around through. Some themes. Uh, there's like you know a military of they they section them out. There's a I don't know if when's the last time you've been Fitz or Terry for that matter that you've been winning probably five years. Like on the south side of the field, uh, they have like an, like an army area where they have a lot of jeeps and tents. And I think they've even brought a couple of tanks at one time. Have you ever been to that section? I don't recall that. I, and I think it's neat for the kids. I mean, because there's – and then there's a huge play area. They they do have helicopter rides. And uh, there is an RC event usually in the morning. They do um, uh, an RC show. My friend Alan Martin uh, often MCs it, so uh, they might get to fly if, it, if the rain uh, stays away in the morning. And uh, I like it. Now we'll just cross our fingers that the weather stays away, and I can enjoy a couple hours out at Ellington. Is there an aerobatic team performing this year? Um, you know, you do that, you put me on the spot. I will look at Wings Over Houston. I don't know if there's an aerobatic team, but I'm going to guess because it's raining right now, we're going to have low clouds. So there's probably a lot of stuff that's not going to get to perform. That being said, I remember over 15 years ago, long, long time ago, I went to a uh, Wings Over Houston, and it rained really bad. And while I was sitting in my car while I was raiding, uh, a couple of Harriers <laughs> were flying. <laughs> so they were given the A-OK to go ahead and fly in this. You know, It wasn't raining hard, but they were flying. I thought that was cool. You know, They had some stuff in the air You know that, that I guess – Rain, eh, no big deal. <laughs> you could float around here for a while, so that was kind of. We didn't need much ceiling for a Harrier. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just saying that was that was neat. You know, they mm. they did find a way to get some airplanes in the air. I did see the uh, the Thunderbirds doing some practice flying. Uh, I think it was yesterday. Oh, that was probably bad of me not to mention that. I'm sorry. Yes, the Thunderbirds are in town. It usually alternates every year uh, between the Blue Angels and the Thunderbirds. So this would be like the first year I've actually I'd be able to see the Blue Angels and the Thunderbirds. You know, in the same so you year. S- you saw the Blue Angels at Oshkosh. Correct. Okay. So I remember this Friday before the air show weekend was always my favorite day to work because the NASA facility that I worked at was on the backside of Ellington Field right along the fence. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you had a good view from there. Yes. So we would get to see the, I think they do a special show for kids on that Friday, something, or at least a rehearsal. And we would get front row center, unobstructed afterburners right over your head kind of show. And it was awesome. I had a friend of a friend post a photo. Uh, I guess they work at Ellington or they just happen to be out there, but they, um, they showed a, an F4. Yeah. Collins foundation has one. And if you uh, yeah. if you like to hear noise, oh, yeah. <laughs> if you like noise, that's the one to listen to. Yeah. That sucker is loud. It's a very good fuel and noise converter. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I see it flying around every once in a while. That and there's a MiG-21 that flies around here every once in a blue moon. Mm-hmm. I think that's privately owned. Yeah. And an F-100, too. Yeah, also Collins Foundation. Yeah, the 100. Someone was complaining they didn't like the paint scheme on that one, though. <laughs> I don't. Was that let... Vietnam camo on that? Uh, maybe, I don't remember. 
maybe it was latex. I don't know. <laughs> they just threw it on there. But uh, to move on, I will hopefully take some photos. I will share these, of course, with you guys. And uh, if you're in the Houston area, it's too late because our podcast airs on Monday. So you've missed your chance. Hmm. But do sign up for 2018. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, I can tell you, Lee, I always appreciate the photos that you bring back from that. And the calendar you made last year, awesome stuff. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. that was a very nice calendar. Thank you. I like this year, uh, this month's, the F-35. Mm, all right. You guys haven't flipped the dates. You're probably still in tune. <laughs> <laughs> if you go and look at your calendar, please flip it to October, and you'll see a pretty F-35 shot. I've got know. it. Somewhere in the bathroom. <laughs> it's in my shop. <laughs> Okay. We've both moved since then, so I don't know where to, where I put it. All right. Well, anyway, uh, we'll we'll post stuff, and uh, if you are going, I uh, hope you enjoy the show. It's it's really a lot of fun. Or if you went, <laughs> yeah. Gotta, gotta remember we we post these oh, that's right. later. <laughs> all right. So what are you doing this weekend, Fitz? Well, unlike you, I'm going to be inside all weekend, as I will be going to the Houston Maker Fair, uh, which is uh, this this year it's a two-day event usually it's a one day and they call it a mini maker but it's been upgraded so now it's called just a maker fair and it's a full two days at the big convention center downtown houston and uh, in fact um, later today after we do this recording i'm going to be me and another guy are going to be packing up i'm going to i've mentioned my electric motorcycle that that goes gets shown off and also my uh doctor who canine replica prop will be going up there too that's always a big hit Hey, that's nice. Yeah, so it's it's a great event. Uh, I look forward to see this year see how big it is. Uh, all kinds of neat stuff is there. You usually see robots, uh, drones, Lee. Uh, uh, all kinds of neat stuff. Uh, they're going to run seminars and classes for electronics and, and all kinds of interesting things. Uh, so I, I really look forward to it. it. It sucks that it's the same weekend as the air show, uh, but uh, I've I really been working on it diligently for the past couple of weeks getting some stuff ready so we will see how it goes and uh i should note that it, that this show is where i first saw the 3d printed uh airplanes before i printed one out and that's what really got me over the edge to, to print one because somebody i knew there that runs a 3d printing company said yeah we just printed this sucker out i was really enamored with it so, so you never know Are what you're you taking seeing. yours um that's a good question i hadn't thought about it. i might just do that any updates on those? Uh, I flew the old Spitfire at best once. Uh, Is it still clear? It's still clear. Okay. Although for some reason I found it easier to see at best, maybe because the sun was behind me or something. I'm not quite sure. Uh, uh, so people got a kick out of that. That had a lot of interest in that. Uh, the P-38 has been printed out, in the, but it's in pieces in the box. I haven't had time to put it together. Uh, and I, I did tell you I printed out a boat or started printing out a 3D printed boat, didn't I? The hydrofoil? Yes. Yeah. That needs to be finished, but I could bring the pieces to the event or something because it's kind of neat to see. It. It's fairly large. So, yeah, that's a good idea. I might bring a few niblets. But anyways, uh, like he says, it's it's too late to tell you beforehand, but uh, if you ever have a chance to go to a maker fair, definitely worth going, especially if you, as a hobbyist, you really appreciate a lot of the workmanship that goes into a lot of the different projects. And it's a great event to take your kids to, too, because they usually have a lot of stuff for kids to do, to build stuff, learn how to solder, uh, participate in events, all kinds of neat stuff. So definitely look one up in your area. They're all over the so, place. 
I'm not sure if I missed it, but haven't you done a booth in the past? Yes, I'll be there this year, too, with a booth. Um, Not my own personal booth. I belong to a local nonprofit maker group, or hacker group, we're going to call them. And so we have a very large area we set up where all all our members get together and and collaborate and bring stuff. And so we have all kinds of neat games guys have built and designed and and products, things to show off. Uh, So, yeah, we we have a booth. So hopefully, maybe I might see somebody who listens to the show there, uh, or maybe next year. <laughs> but yeah, are you gonna wear your t-shirt or your? Uh, I usually wear the our t-shirt for our actual group called uh, a Creator Space is the name of the group. So I have a Creator Space t-shirts. Well, you can bring RC Roundtable stickers. I can bring some stickers. I think I will there do you that. Go. Yes. I will bring the RC Roundtable shirt today. I'm wearing it right now, as a matter of fact. So as we're loading up and preparing for the booth space, I'll wear it today. So I'll represent a little bit. Word. Cool. Well, have fun. Take pictures and then post some galleries. Okay. I shall do that. So Lee and I just got back from another event. We went to the Space City RC Warbird event, or Warbird Rally, excuse me. Uh, it was my first time ever being to that field. I don't know about you, Lee. Uh, well, this was an all Warbird fly-in event, uh, which was this past Saturday or so. And it was really nice, um, really nicely manicured field. I had to say that outright out. That the grass was fantastic. I was a little worried, but uh, they did a really nice job. And both Lee and I brought our planes, and we intermixed with all the gasser guys. And it, it turned out to be quite a bit more entertaining than I would have thought. <laughs> <laughs> from a carnage would, perspective? Yeah, I was going to say from our perspective, but not necessarily the people who had the incidences. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Lee, you got the, the, the action, the award winning action shots. You want to talk about the uh, incident between biplane versus biplane? Oh, I'll do that. I'm going to start, though, that I was there Friday for, I got to uh, go on Friday, and I was invited uh, by Space City to come out and take photos. They had uh, seen me over at Bomber and asked if I'd come out and do photos, and I had a great time. I'm, I'm glad I had the opportunity to go out there both Friday and Saturday for the event. But on Friday, we had a, it was a bad day for Corsairs because uh, I, I did post uh, some photos of that. But uh, we had three, excuse me, four Corsairs uh, have mishaps, and one of them was mine. Four? Wow, I think it was four of them. Damn. Yeah, we had four Corsairs go down. and uh, Well, yours uh, didn't go down. It just didn't go up. Well, <laughs> I'd say it was down. <laughs> no, because the nose went down. Okay, I know my, my Corsair is in completely uh, unscathed shape, I mean, except for the motor. which and, it, and this is interesting. It's the same thing that happened to my uh, Sport Cub, my CZ's Cub, excuse me. When I was uh, landing and it just kind of nosed over. Now, in that case, the motor, I, I've been having problems with that stock motor to begin with, but the uh, ESC seized up and I lost the ESC. Plane was in great shape, but the, the motor went down. So with when you have an electric motor, <laughs> you risk those when you just nose over a little bit. But anyway, uh, lost my brushless motor. Uh, Gary lost his Corsair when he was doing a, uh, a f- <laughs> we were having a contest. Who was flying the lowest? And he and another guy tied. <laughs> but I, I think he, he was worse because he hit the ground. Uh, motor came off. I mean, the motor just shot off. The whole firewall is gone. And he... I was actually photographing another Corsair that had just passed by. So I got his empty, <laughs> very tail heavy Corsair coming down and his engine was, I don't know, 50 yards away uh, from the aircraft. 
then we had another guy, Michael, who was doing, uh, you know, another competition with uh, Gary and he, um, he hit the ground and this was pretty spectacular because I was photographing him and I caught his hit and he lost over half his prop and his motor was still running. So, you know, he pulled up and then lost his muffler. I got a shot of the muffler falling off, came back around with the engine still running and landed. And there's this great shot of him laying on the ground because we just could not believe because his gear was still cycling when he had turned, you know, <laughs> it was still slowly coming down. So that was a great landing. So, so, and I, so the engine was still running with a shredded prop. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it went from like what we were we were joking. It was like a uh, uh, a, a twenty ten, you know, <laughs> down to a four six or something, whatever the pitch was on that thing. It was, it was the amazing prop. thing. It, it was mostly on one side. Like he lost all of one side of the prop, so he had basically a one bladed unbalanced prop, and only half of that single blade was left. I, I'm just trying to fathom the physics of this. Where it didn't just shred itself in the air. Incredible mounting bolts, or you know, lots of good epoxy. Who knows? It was great. I mean, it was a nice recovery, and I'll I'll continue on because I want to get back to Fitz and I flying. And then the other guy, uh, I think he lost his elevator servo, and it went way behind us. And I got to tell you, we were lucky with the cra- some of the crashes we had flying these large aircraft that they were. Um, no one was injured. Yay! <laughs> Didn't need hard hats, uh, but this guy landed way back in the uh, parking lot and lost his Corsair. Which, by the way, oh. his he's got some good friends because after he lost that Corsair, when I arrived Saturday, all his friends pitched in and bought him a new plane. Oh, man. Yeah. Where are those yeah. friends? Yeah. <laughs> Now that being said, Easy, Terry, big fella. No, I'm just gonna. Hey, I'm gonna say this. <laughs> Calm your britches, man. I was gonna say that being said, I am still very grateful for that Corsair, Terry, which is why I did invest the money on a nice Scorpion motor to replace the one that I I broke because I really love flying that Corsair. So again, yeah. thank you for that Corsair. So well, now it's, you're welcome. But let me just say that I think at least between the three of us, I mean, airplanes are just kind of community property, right? we've all given each other airplanes outright yeah back and forth so so again you're welcome but i think nothing of it well yes i i will kind of correct my statement i do have good friends with you two guys because we do have a lot of fun together we do often change parts or or aircraft and so yes you two are are rock solid with me (laughs) 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 yeah bro Uh, (laughs) so i don't have to get the tattoo removed (laughs) <laughs> well, now it's Saturday. So Saturday, I'll, I'll mention what uh, Fitz was leading up to. So we had some carnage on Friday, and then Saturday I show up. It is hot. Oh, my God. It was so hot. It was like best hot, wasn't it, Fitz? Yeah, it was. Oh, man. I mean, if, there's, if you look at some of the photos I took of people, we were just sweating up a storm. So I'm out there in the sun. I'm photographing the World War One. Uh, flight that you guys were doing. The Fitz gaggle. participated. The, the gaggle. Uh, Fitz, what were you uh, flying again? I was flying the Maxford DH2 pusher. Okay, electric. Electric, yeah. That was yeah. the only electric guy, I think, flying. The quietest in. of all those aircraft. Quietest and the, the <laughs> smallest, too. I used to think that DH2 was a fairly nice-sized model, but, man, I was dwarfed by those those third-scale. Did they give you any stuff. grief? Like, uh, oh, here comes the electric guy. No, 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 no. The announcer didn't know what it was. So when I took off, he goes, here comes a something or another. <laughs> no, I think, Fitz, you held your own. That was a great flying plane. I'm glad I got a couple of nice shots of that thing flying. Yeah, you did. Thanks. Yeah. So, the, but in that sweet sequence of photos, and I've, I'm, I'm hoping the whole gallery is on our RC roundtable, but there's uh, 
Michael was flying his uh, Jenny, his big, bright yellow Jenny, gorgeous yeah. plane. Um, Paul had his Sopwith or his pup as a, you know, the nickname. And I had been flying, you know, taking pictures of all the aircraft I'd like I'd done the day before. And Michael started a, a really pretty loop. And with the blue sky and that bright yellow, I was like, oh, these are going to be some great photos. And then, as you can see from the photos, Michael just got in the, you know, the flight pattern and just crushed Paul's pup. And I mean, I got the point of impact. I, I mean, I think I would have liked to like a a millisecond further when you start to see the debris scatter <laughs> yeah. because the picture after that is his wings are gone. You know, the, I mean, I'm not kidding you. I held that shutter down. So that's how fast that happened. Yeah. He sliced and, right through him. Oh gosh. And so, yeah, both birds went down, uh, you know, total loss on both of those guys. I, I know Paul was upset. I mean, I, I'm certain he was, and, but it was neat that, there was no yelling, no screaming. You know, the guys, it was it was tough to swallow. I'm, I'm sure I would have felt the same way had I, in fact, lost my tiger cat when I was having issues, you know, Saturday. You know, I would have been probably inconsolable for a while. But those guys, you know, they they picked up their planes. They they went to their corners for a little <laughs> while. And, you know, and then we went back to flying. <laughs> it was it was uh, it was sad you know, to lose that. But there were a lot of neat planes there. It wasn't as uh, I mean, I guess it was a pretty large show. I was thinking it might be a little bit bigger because um, I was really expecting to see more warbirds. But there was a lot of planes, a lot of good flying. The guys from Austin uh, came in, and boy, they they tore up the sky too. So yeah, it was a decent fly, and the guys did a lot of flying, and they were a pretty pretty well rounded group of guys. So it was it was a nice event. I was really happy I went because I kind of wavered. I was, I didn't really think I was going to go until more or less the last minute, and I just said, ah, what the heck, I'll go up. And uh, it was really nice to fly. Uh, a couple, of the, several of the planes I took, I hadn't flown in quite a while. The, the DH2 I hadn't flown in probably a couple of years, and also the Big Zero I was flying, I haven't flown in, in quite a while either. So it's good to get the dust off of those and zip them around a bit. <laughs> you say that, but I, that picture of the DH that I took, you can still see the dust on the yeah. wings. <laughs> It's a scale gonna, feature. Yeah, I was gonna say his his vintage. <laughs> really vintage. Yeah, I was too lazy to dust it off. <laughs> Patina. Patina. <laughs> well, Lee, I want to tell you that nobody ever wishes for a midair, but if a midair happens, you want to capture it. And you did a superb job of getting that. Yeah. You stuck with it, followed the one all the way to the ground. What yeah. was funny too is that happened right behind me, so I saw it live too because I was flying. And I was ahead of them, probably by a good 50 feet. And and I saw, kind of out of the corner of my eye, the Jenny doing the kind of half loop. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. He looks awfully close to that. Bram! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I did, not, I did not get to see the pup go down. I stayed with Jenny. I, I actually thought that he had just clipped, because I, I couldn't tell. I thought he just clipped the wing tip. And so I was, I was kind of hoping the, the pup just kind of rolled and, and got out of it. But obviously, no, because I mean, because after the, I did, you didn't see these photos, I didn't post them because I was shooting like crazy, you know. But once the Jenny hit the ground, I went back up in the air and I see one of the wings from the pup flipping. <laughs> and I, I got a couple of shots of it going down. And then I looked around, I was like, where'd the pup go? And then I saw that big pile of flat <laughs> wood <laughs> on the ground. You know, it's funny. It must be something about World War II, World War One plane. Excuse me. This uh, our club president, Mike Leibel, did kind of did the same thing at Bomber Field, either oh, yeah. this year or last year. Yeah, yeah I was I, videotaping. Yeah. So yeah, 
It was, but his was repaired and flown again, right? Yes, he's flown a bunch of times since then. Yeah, he I'm gonna I'm gonna mention Mike real quick on that. Now you said it. He he and I were talking. I think it was um, uh, yeah, I think it was here, not at Bomber, but I think it was here. And he was actually telling me how excited he was to get that plane rebuilt and fly again. He just felt like he, you know, he was he knew he was upset. I mean, talking to him after the event. When he, when he lost, it was awful. But he came back and telling me, he goes, I am so glad I got that thing fixed and flying it. It is a joy to fly. So sometimes those planes, when you rebuild them, they're they're just a little bit better. Yeah, and maybe some of the new is knocked off and you're not as nervous about flying it. That's true. And I think he got around to tweaking. He, added, he needed to add some extra right thrust, I think, in the engine or something. And he said it made it much better for takeoffs now. <laughs> That's a way to motivate a repair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> crash and I've been meaning well, to fix that yeah. rudder. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it flies better now after the crash than it did before the crash. <laughs> Alright, so do we talk about um the I don't know, I guess the etiquette there? When Lee mentioned to me how this thing happened, I'm like, yeah, okay. I I probably would have done a loop in the pattern. I'm not sure. It didn't seem like something out of context. Yeah, you know, well, I was thinking about that too. It's probably not a good idea to do that kind of aerobatics in the pattern with with a gaggle, because uh, there was a bunch of us up there at the time. And so when I'm in a gaggle, I usually limit it to uh, just passes and rolls, maybe. So I'm still doing sort of in the pattern. But when you start doing loops and 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 not following the the airflow of everything, then you start to get to trouble. Because that same thing happened to Mike. He, he did something in the pattern that was against the pattern, and he ended up whacking another plane. Oh, so, okay. I didn't know the how Mike's happened last year. But. Yeah, he admitted he was kind of his fault. He, he did something yeah. he probably, in hindsight, shouldn't have done. Yeah, I agree that you should be predictable and go with the flow. Just, I'm not sure that I would have put a loop on that list of unpredictable things. Mm. Well, I guess it's you know it's your judgment. If you think the sky's clear where you are, yes. But if you' not absolutely certain that nobody's going to be in your way when you come out of it, then you probably err on the side of caution. Just well, my opinion. take my take on this Terry was that, and I I think all the pilots are great, and this is not a criticism at all. It's just maybe when I was like maybe you shouldn't have, but he did his loop over the runway. He didn't do it beyond the runway, like when you're doing your pattern, your oval, like at best, I think because of how many years I've been going to best, my practice has always been do your maneuvers out over the grass and then come down the center of the runway. Don't do anything like, yeah. like I remember we've had crashes where people were hovering over the runway, 3d pilots. That was when that huge, you know, it was happening a lot where people were, you know, coming down the runway, they'd stop and then they'd hover and then someone would run into them. He was doing his loop over the runway pattern. Now he was high. I mean, his yeah. Jenny was really high up there, so I am kind of surprised that Paul had his pup that high too, because most of you guys were coming down the runway pretty low, so I could get some nice passes. Mm. But no, that's not to blame Paul. He just he just happened to be up high. Yeah. But I think I would have done that loop a little bit further down over the grass. Now that said, I think you have to acknowledge a certain level of risk that you're flying in a big gaggle with a lot of planes, more planes than are usually in the air during normal uh, times at an event. So you realize that you're you're in a slightly more risky situation because you've got more crowded skies than usual. So you know it's sort of them's the break. You know, there's only two types of airplanes: those that have crashed and those are gonna crash. Well, gosh, you just reminded me. I I was too busy flying my P-38 at best. But Fitz, were you in the air when that guy almost hit me with the plane taking off when we did the Warbird gaggle at best? 
I remember a guy almost clipping my tail trying to take off. Maybe that was the same guy. <laughs> there was one guy, he just did a weird hard left right into the uh, pits, basically. Maybe yeah, it was, it was the same guy. Some, someone came out and said, Ed, did you realize you almost got nailed by that plane? Because I'm like watching my P-38 take off, and I hear something to my right because I'm looking left. But, I mean, out of the corner of my eye, I saw this plane coming at me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that I remember. <laughs> that yeah, was it, your life flashing before your eyes. Yeah. No, I remember. Oh, that was the same guy because I was taking off near you. And I was going to try to take off shortly after you, and this guy took took like a hard. He was like wobbling, and then took a hard left, and almost took off the tail of my plane. I veered out of the way, and, and I had to restart my takeoff because of that. And yeah, you were standing next to me, so that was the same guy. He, oh. he. I don't know what happened, but it was yeah, it was not a good takeoff run for him. So I have a great audio piece you need to add to the end of this uh, little section. You need to go get that Hill Street Blues comment where the uh, the chief. Not the, the cheap, but the police guy says, let's be careful out there. That's it. Let's roll. Hey. Let's be careful out there. Because <laughs> you need be to be careful, careful out, there. out there. Be careful out there. Be aware of your surroundings and try not to get in a tunnel vision. Yeah. So, anyways. But all in all, it was a good event. It was a good time. And, you know, we all, nobody, uh, I don't think, we all came away as friends, I think, still in the end. So. And, you know, I'll, I'll mention that, too. I was going to say it was good food, good friends. I made a new friend. Uh, Andrew, the guy that you and I were sitting with. Oh, yeah. It's great yeah. guy from Waco. Um, got some great photos of his uh, P-47. In fact, I think he won an award for, you know, best war bird oh, nice. flying or scale-like flying. Maybe. I didn't know he was from Waco. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Nice guy. We were chatting. And, and yeah. I'm, I'm going to add this to the end of the conversation because uh, everybody has been a privy to this, including Andrew. But I did have a problem with my Tiger Cat on Saturday and nearly lost it. I had a radio lockout and going, just speeding things up along here. I scared the heck out of me, was able to get it to land. So it's still in one piece. And then we started troubleshooting. And Andrew just, you know, kind of chimed in. And then I, I talked to him about some questions. He did not like the fact that I had an orange receiver in there. So I ripped it out and bought a semi expensive, you know, lemon receiver that was there. But that had telemetry and a, a satellite receiver. Tried it and had the same problem. But it was nice that he was, you know, he got out of his chair and was standing next to me. And we're, trying to, to rule out issues. I still can't figure it out. So Terry's Terry's thinking I've got a bad servo, so i got to figure out how to do a test, put a meter on each servo and see if one's drawing too much current. But I'm glad I did not crash the Tiger Cat. I'm, I'm you know, I'm lucky. Oh, yeah. That would have been a sad smoking hole in the ground. <sighs> lots of lots of little white foam everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> white and blue. <laughs> all right well i think we had a good podcast today i hope these hope these listeners enjoyed the show speak for yourself lee what <laughs> just kidding <laughs> yeah i think we had a good show hopefully our audience hasn't gouged their ears out with uh, a large spoon oh and... <laughs> boy <laughs> uh, and, and i will tell you though guys we probably don't have time to do it today so we're going to push it for our next podcast but i have been on the search for a new charger i had a very (laughs) very interesting charger incident at best and of course you know kirk had to make fun of me (laughs) about my charger too you had Uh, a charger incident i did but i'm not gonna tell you i'll have to wait till our next episode and then uh but i also have photos of kirk's uh charging gear that's pretty cool so i'll post photos of that he has a fancy wi-fi charger he has a bluetooth 
close to okay. He's it, a fan. It, it talks to you, tells oh. you what to do and stuff. I will post the photos, and we'll, that'll be our upcoming episode. But it is fancy, it is fancy pants. That's one right smart charger. <laughs> <laughs> It is. I don't. I. I'm not sold that that's that's the the future for me. But uh, I will share that with you. But I am looking around, and uh, someone on the Balsa Model Aircraft Builders uh, Association on Facebook had you know put an inquiry out there for chargers, and you know it's an, it's interesting to see what people are recommending. And Fitz, you chimed in too with your eye charger. Yeah. Yes, I did. Yeah. Been very happy with that. So. You still a Triton user? <laughs> Terry, I'm a high tech guy. I know. Do you have a? Do you still have a Triton though? Was it you that had Triton? Yeah, I've got a Triton two. Yeah. Later version. Why are you okay. laughing at me? I just, I just remember because someone... I can't post to Twitter when my battery's done. <laughs> no, I, was, I was just laughing because I know someone else mentioned they had a Triton two. I was like, boy, isn't it time that the Tritons and the Astro flights, or Astro flights, excuse me, the Astro one hundred ones, one hundred nines are are history, but we still hang on to them. I. <laughs> Why not? It just, works. Yeah. Well, then, if, but you look at Kirk's stuff and you go, "Wow, he's, he's even got lit fans. Those little fans that when they spin, they they, they say words." I'm oh, not do, kidding. Do his batteries charge better with those fans? I don't know. They have higher voltage. <laughs> do the lights make his airplane fly better? They're they're range free lipos. Uh-huh. <laughs> free range lipos. <laughs> yes. Free- Yes, <laughs> gluten free. Yeah, not range free, free range. Thank you for fixing that. Vince. All right, all right, all right, all right. On that note, let's let's end the pain, and uh, <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. Another great show, even you, Tex. Uh, so we'll catch you on the flip side. Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com where you can send us comments and suggestions or listen to our other great podcasts. Where you will also find links to our iTunes and social media sites. Thanks for listening.